Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into Stacking the Box podcast with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Verderam. How are you? I'm tired, but I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I, I Honestly, I was there at the Bills-Chiefs game. I am still tired. Still tired. I don't blame you. Uh, but, you know, I got to say, I'm actually not tired because of that. I'm tired because of that disgrace of a football game I had to watch last night. I, yeah, We're going to get to the Chiefs and the Bills in a second because obviously I think that's the game that, that you have the most fallout from. That game last night was so bad. Like, I really sat there, and, and I came away with one concrete conclusion. Look, let's put Denver aside. Denver sucks. I, I, don't, I don't even need to waste five seconds of analysis on Denver. Here's my Denver analysis for the rest of the year. They stink. The Chargers, every, every week, I kind of find myself being like, well, you know, maybe, maybe they're going to turn around and start to be good. And then I watch the Chargers. And this is going to serve as my zapping of the dog for the rest of time. Like, they also stink. I know they're four and two. Their coaching is terrible. That team's not winning anything with that clown show on the sideline, ever. And I'm not just talking about Staley. I'm talking about Lombardi as the offensive coordinator, too. Like, they are abominable coaching that team. It is so incredibly bad to watch. They're playing a team in Denver that flat out can't do anything on offense, cannot do anything. And then you couple that with it's a home game, which, by the way, there was about – it felt like about 20,000 empty seats in that building. And you get 151 penalty yards out of Denver, and it takes a muff punt in overtime for you to win that game because you just cannot muster anything. They're they're bad, man. That team – like, I know they're 4-2. I think they're going to make the playoffs because I think the AFC is a lot weaker than I thought it was at the beginning of the season. They, they are – I don't. I won't say they suck because, like, Denver, Denver sucks. 
they are at best an average football team, despite top tier talent in a lot of places. Brandon Staley, I will admit, tricked me. He tricked me. I thought he was going to be so good. I I was like, yeah, this guy, he's going to be a very good head coach. He tricked me. All he did was basically be very aggressive and just continuously say analytics, analytics, analytics. And I go, all right, I'm listening. I'm intrigued. He tricked us. He tricked me. I, I will admit it. He, he is a clown show on the sideline. And Joe Lombardi, I, I, there's nothing I enjoy more than the Chargers being in third and 10 and treating it like it's a surrender down every single time they're in it. Like, all right, swing it out to Eckler and hope for the best. Like, guys, you know you have Justin Herbert, right? Like, feel free to run a you know, route to, you know, I don't know, 12 yards deep. Like, it's just – they treat their offense like it's being run by the worst quarterback in the world. It, it, just, and then also, like, defensively, I know they held Denver 16 points. Not exactly a show of force defensively. We can, they had to bench J.C. Jackson. Like, that that doesn't seem good. You just paid him $82.5 million, and you're benching him because he couldn't cover against Denver? Yikes. <laughs> Let's get into at least a better game, and that was yeah. the Bills-Chiefs. Yeah. Let's get into the fallout, starting first with, are the Bills now the undisputed best team in the AFC? Yeah, I think I think you have to say they are right now. I mean, they look, it's them or Kansas City, right? I mean, there's no other competition. It's got to be one of the two of them, and, and, and they won. They beat the Chiefs in their own building 24-20. Uh, to 20. I think it depends on how you view the question. Like, if you view the question as if you power rank the AFC right now, are they number one? Yes, definitely. Like, I, I don't even think it's arguable. I I found it weird. And you were at the game, so I, I'm very curious your thoughts. But <clears throat> I found it weird in the sense that I actually walked away from that game from a Chiefs perspective, feeling more confident about them in January than I did going into the game. Like, the reason I say that is because there was a part of me going into that game on Sunday, even though I picked the Chiefs to win because I, I figured Mahomes would make enough plays, which he did not. Um, there's a part of me that said, man, I think Buffalo might score 38 points. <laughs> like, I don't know how they're, they're going to play defensively. And despite being without a lot of guys on defense, they actually played really well. Um, and I thought they found something in that game. When they blitzed Allen... The Bills had all kinds of problems with it. They couldn't stay in that blitz relentlessly because they had to put Joshua Williams on an island, and it became a problem. If Trent McDuffie's there, it's not as much of a problem. to just say, all right, we're playing one-on-one. Here it comes. If they play them again in January, I think that's what the Chiefs would do. But all that said, I do think the Bills are the best team in the AFC right now. Um, but I, I don't think it's – I, I don't think there's a big gap, and I think if they played each other 10 times, they'd probably split the games. I would say one thing to note here, the Bills were knocking on the door when Josh Allen did the forward pass, which should have been a lateral. It was just a miscommunication between him, and I believe it was Devin Singletary. Chiefs recovered. That was in the red zone. Could have been worse in that instance. But also, if you flip the coin – Mahomes threw a interception in, in the, in the red zone, so it evened out. Thing. 
Yeah. I, I mean, and the thing with that, I don't actually have a massive issue with Mahomes trying to make that play. I, I don't. You assume touchdowns are going to be needed instead of field goals to beat the Bills. MVS is, what, 6-4 going up against a cornerback. You expect him to go and make a play on the ball, right? It was a great play by Elam, right place, right time. But I don't have a massive issue with that situation. What I do have an issue with is the offensive line and the tackles for Kansas City. They got dominated. Von Miller just destroyed Andrew Wiley. Give the Bills all the credit. I thought, what are they doing giving a 33-year-old this type of contract length and and money-wise? Right? I go, no way Von Miller is still that dude. He's still that dude. Bills are all in this season for Kansas City. This is a retooling year. And again, like you mentioned it, they play 10 times. They might split. If you're Buffalo, though, they needed to win this game. They need to win in the playoffs. They are all in this year. I, I agree with part of that, but I disagree with another part of it. I, I actually thought in the game that I thought their offensive line was all right. I mean, Mahomes held the ball for five, six seconds constantly because he was trying to make plays down the field because they can't get open because they, they just have no speed at all. Or, or they have speed, but nobody who can run a route. They have these combinations like Juju can, can run routes, but he has no speed. MVS and Hardman have, have speed, but they can't run routes. So you have all these receivers that unless Kelsey's open, there's no combination of the two for the position. Um, I thought the tackles were were pretty good. I, I thought they they just were at some point, I mean, you got to get rid of the football. Um, my biggest concern with the Chiefs, and it was it's, it was going into the game this way, and it's coming out of this game. There's a look, I, I am gonna start to be this guy because I truly believe this. There's a dirty secret with the Chiefs. Their coaching is not that good. It's they're just they're not that well coached. And I know people say, Oh my god, how could you say that? Andy Reid. Andy Reid's gonna walk into Canton one day, and he should. He's one of the great schemers of all time. He's one of the great play designers of all time. He's great at getting matchups. Andy Reid is a great coach Monday through Saturday. And on Sunday, he's a really average head coach. There are too many times that they blow time management situations. How you don't call a timeout in the last two minutes of that game when the Bills are running out half the clock, I have no idea. I don't know what you're doing. Are you aware of what's going on? Are you paying any attention? Number two, there are so many times in these games where they they have either, either they don't run the ball or they run a play to a running back, and you you instantaneously like you have the wrong running back in. Like even before the the result happens, there were a couple of plays in that game where they ran outside with Edwards Alaire, where if they had had Pacheco in the game, he would have gained real yardage. But they don't gain real yardage because they have the slowest running back in the world trying to run zone stretch. Like I I don't understand it. I do not understand. Then you have Sky Moore, who actually has speed. And can run routes. And Mahomes trusts him. Mahomes throws him the ball. They never play him. They, they, they're so hard up to get Hardman out there and MVS out there. Their offensive coaching, I won't say it stinks. That would be over the top. It is very inconsistent. It is very inconsistent. I am not going to get on Spags. I thought Spags, considering the circumstances, called a very good football game. I, I, I don't think you can get on him. But I do think Andy Reid wins games for them. He also loses games for them. I don't think he lost Sunday. Like, he, he was part of it, but I, I, I wouldn't put the whole thing on him by any stretch. There are too many times with him where it is just 
obviously the wrong decision. And, and nobody talks about it because if he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, then that's fine. That, that doesn't exonerate him from having a half dozen things a game where you go, Andy, what are you doing, man? This is comical. Like a 12-year-old kid would know not to do this. And he does it. He does it all the time. And still, by far the best clock management, timeout management in the AFC West. I do want to give yes. the Bills some credit here. Devin Singletary and the Bills' offensive line and their ability to run the ball, they've not had that for most of this season, and they took advantage of that early in the game against Kansas City. The Chiefs also, this game just put so much prominence on their inability to get any sort of pass rush with only four guys up front. Uh, But moving on here, who is the third best team in the AFC? You and I both agree right now with Bills' Chiefs, but who's number three in the AFC? So, two-part answer. One, it doesn't matter because whoever it is is so far after. Because like, to put a ball on the other thing, how far back behind the Bills do you think the Chiefs are? I think it's I, – I, I don't agree with you. When, if it was 10 games, they would split. I think okay. the Bills are a decent amount better just based on the strength of the Bills line up with the Chiefs' weaknesses. Okay. See, I, it's funny. I actually feel like polar opposite way. I actually think the Chiefs match up with their defense. I think the Chiefs can go up and down the field, and they – we'll see. We'll see he, hear me out, though. The, the, the Chiefs were missing Trent McDuffie, right? Yes. Bills are missing Tredavious White. I understand. I get it. He's Obviously, great. And Micah Hyde's out for the year, right? He is out for the year. Yes. So I, – I, I think – I won't say the Chiefs should have won that game. They certainly could have won that game. Mm-hmm. And I think if they have McDuffie and Gay and Fenton and Cook, I get White's a great player. White doesn't equal the impact of all four of those guys. Um, I Again, I don't think the Chiefs are better than Buffalo. I also would not be at all surprised if the Chiefs went to Buffalo in the AFC Championship game and beat them. Oh, correct. Um, correct. So uh, the reason I bring that up is I, I personally believe the Bills are number one. I think the Chiefs are right there. And I also think with all their youth that they might even be further there come January. The third team, I, I mean, I sat here, I tweeted this last night. I, I, I am staggered trying to figure out the third team. I, I don't know. I, is, it, is it the Chargers? I mean, I, is, it, is it them? Because I, I got to tell you, I, I want to say Baltimore, but I mean, Jesus. Ha, blow another double-digit lead in the second half of the game. And by the way, we have to have a conversation real quick about this. Lamar Jackson. If I got to listen to one more person tell me, well, you know, you don't understand the greatness of Lamar. No, 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 no. I'm good. Like, he's a good quarterback. He's, a, he's an unbelievable threat because of all the different things he can do. Lamar Jackson threw one of the worst picks you'll ever see in your life on Sunday late in the game. The flat out, frankly, cost him the game. Lamar Jackson is 19th in passing yards in the NFL. He is behind Jacoby Brissett, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson. Okay? He, for all of his talent, is averaging 7.1 yards an attempt, which, for context, is middle of the road. It's 15. It's not terrible, but it's average. He has thrown a good a good bit of touchdowns. He's thrown 13. That's the big thing to hang your hat on if you're Lamar. Like, you're third in the league. You're only behind Allen and Mahomes. You're both thrown 17. Okay? He's also thrown the third most picks in the league at six. Okay. I, I, I'm to the point, and by the way, that's despite having the 19th most attempts in the NFL. You, you're not going to win games 
against really good teams with him throwing the ball like that. You're just not. I'm sorry. I don't care how well he runs the football. And a lot of the picks with him, like, they're bad picks. They're they're just picks. You're like, oh, my God, man. Like, how do you throw that pick? Did it against the Giants? Did it against the Bengals? Um, but that all said, I think – to me, I see people in the chat saying Jets, who give him credit. Give, I mean, I, I don't think it's the Jets, but Hefe, give him credit. I mean, they, they're 4-2. They beat the, the Packers. Jeremy says the Patriots, maybe just by virtue of Belichick. I don't know. I, I think it's honestly the Bills, the Ravens, or the Chargers, and all those teams have like massive issues. But I, I guess I'll say the Chargers, and I'll say that knowing that they won't win one playoff game. The reason why I would say the Chargers is because they're missing so much top in talent, and they're still four and two. They're missing multiple offensive linemen. They're missing Keenan Allen. Justin Herbert is completely banged up with his ribs. And I do have to assume that might, I'm hoping, I'm giving Staley and, and Lombardi some semblance of, hey, we're trying to protect Herbert. We don't want him looking at the field and taking massive shots to the ribs, so we're going to check down as quick as possible. I am probably wrong. Oh, you're I've been wrong. wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But my point is, I think they're trying to protect Herbert at least a little bit. The Chargers are missing so much top-end talent. That will help when they come back. They're, they're, they're getting through right now. Okay, they played horribly part of the problem. Four and, and, and it's funny because we actually agree with the Chargers. But here's the problem. First of all, they've always played like this offensively. Always. Even before Herbert got hurt. It is just like five yards, six yards, four yards, two yards. I, they've always done this. Secondly, secondly, Slater's out for the year. He ain't coming back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bosa's out eight to ten weeks. And if you know anything about the Chargers and Bosa, it's probably going to be the full ten, if not even like twelve. Okay. Uh Corey Lindsley, he's coming back. He had food poisoning yesterday, which is the most Chargers thing ever to have. Of course, the guy misses a game for food poisoning. Keenan Allen, remember when that was day-to-day? Well, we're five weeks in now, and he still has a hamstring injury. So, look, when he's back, he helps them. But, like, they've got problems way beyond that. Like, J.C. Jackson is getting benched. You've got, I mean, Bose is hurt for eight to ten weeks. They still can't stop anybody running the football. I mean, nobody. They, they run the ball. Well, that, that, that Denver is Denver, and so they they fell apart. But any normal team runs the ball. The other thing is, do you ever feel like the Chargers, like, oh, they're just going to win this game? Like, they're playing Seattle this week. Who the fuck knows? I could see them winning that game. I could see them giving up 45 points to Geno. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. I, But I agree with you. I think they're the third best team because you look at this conference – well, the Ravens can't throw at all consistently, and the defense can't hold the lead. The Bengals' offensive line is a train wreck, and they almost got beat by Andy Dalton. And then there's the AFC South. Yikes. I, I can't get behind the Pats. I can't get behind the Jets. I just It's like maybe it's the Dolphins when they're healthy. Like maybe it's them. You know, I, I, fair enough. Like I, I forget about the Dolphins because they, they've lost the last three, but I mean, maybe when they're healthy, it's Miami. But my God, by the way, Miami plays the Chargers this year, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> I, I just the Chargers, like you brought up their four and two. We can leave it at this. They've played the easy part of their schedule in the four and two. Like they've beaten Denver, they've beaten Houston, barely. By the way, in both both games, sure, but the Chiefs really beat ba- barely beat the Chargers as well, right? I mean, if we're gonna throw the other side here, sure. I think it's a little different, though, in the context of when they played the Chargers, they did have everybody. 
and it was a Thursday night game. Like, I, look, I, I'm not arguing that. I mean, the, hell, the Bills clo- closely beat Baltimore and Miami, and we're sitting here talking about all these teams in the same boat. I guess my point is, though, it's a, it's a little bit also of like an eye test. There are times where, obviously, the Bills are ultra-impressive. The Chiefs are ultra-impressive. When are the Chargers ever ultra-impressive? Right? Like, when are you like, man, they just look great? Like, it's... You could say, well, they played the Chiefs tough. Yeah, and they still were down 10 points at the two-minute warning. Like, they just make all these mistakes. Like, Gerald Everett is exhausted. Now, like, it's all right, throw it to him anyway. (laughs) Like, and then you, I love these people who are always, like, always want to give them an out. They're like, well, yeah, it's bad. It's not bad luck. Coach a game correctly. Like, it's it's not bad luck that Gerald Everett's, like, dying and trying to get off the field. They're like, no, hurry it up. And then they throw it to him. Like, Force beat them. <laughs> that's not bad luck. That's bad process. That's why they are who they are. Like, so, no, I, I don't know. I, I think look, this is a long way of getting to. I think it's going to be Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, and you might as well just put it in pen. Uh, correct. I will agree. Now let's head over to the NFC. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Where do the Eagles stack up undefeated? Jalen Hurts got it done against the Cooper Rush-led Cowboys, who, frankly, they've been winning some games. But where do the Eagles stack up here? The Eagles deserve all the credit in the world. They're 6-0, and and they're winning games in a lot of different ways. Like, I believe in the Eagles. And their schedule's a joke, by the way, going forward. They're probably going to win, like, 15 games. Um I am very concerned about one thing with the Eagles that I think is a real issue. They can't score in the second half. Like, they, they can't score. That is that is a problem. Like, that screams to me that if you can figure them out early in the game, they have a problem. Now, they're great in the first half. And I love their personnel, so I'm not, like, throwing them down the river or anything here. I think they're – I think right now the NFL can be put into two buckets – the one bucket has the Eagles, the Bills, and the Chiefs. And the other bucket has the other 29 teams. I mean, I said, excuse me. I said they're into my power rankings last night, published them this morning. Check them out on fanside.com or go straight to hell. Um, look, so 
I put the Eagles at one because I think they deserve to be at one. They're undefeated, and they've been impressive. It's not like it's one of these things where they're undefeated and they kind of look like crap, but they've been impressive. Number two, I have Buffalo. I think you either you to me Buffalo and Philly are one two. So put put them however you like. The Chiefs are clear as day number three, and then after that I sat there and I was like, man, is Minnesota number four? And I thought to myself, would the Chiefs be a double digit favorite at home against Minnesota? And I think the answer is probably yes. Like that's how big of a gap there is. And then the five, and I have all the respect for him in the world. We're going to talk about him for, in a second. But the Giants, I'm like, the Chiefs should be a 13-point favorite against the Giants. Like, I, I, at home, at least would be like 10 and a half, right? I mean, it, it, I feel like the gap between – like you now, now the, the interesting thing is if the Chiefs and the Eagles – because I think we all know if the Bills and Eagles played on neutral field, the Bills would be favored. If the Chiefs and the Eagles played on neutral field, I think the Chiefs would be favored. Like, I think they would probably be, in Vegas's eyes, the two best teams in the league. So I think if you're going by that, then you may put Philly third. But I got to tell you, maybe you and I disagree on this. I think there's very little separation between those three teams. Everybody else, I think the separation is basically from New York and to China. Okay? But th- those three teams, I think, are very, very close. And I think could beat each other on any given day. 100%. I, I I think the Eagles are clearly in the top three. Maybe the case for one. I said before I I, I didn't think Jalen Hurts. He I said Jalen Hurts is probably going to be the reason the Eagles don't take that next step. I thought they'd make the playoffs, but I didn't think they're going to be this dominant so far. Jalen Hurts has taken the next step. Everyone on that team has bought in. The offensive line for the Eagles is the best in the NFL. Their defensive line is outstanding. They're winning in the trenches. The addition of A.J. Brown has been phenomenal. Not only that, Devontae Smith on the other side is getting it done. They have a good tight end in Dallas Goddard. They completely revamped their secondary. They went all in for this season. This is win-now mode. They have a quarterback on a rookie contract. They know it's at stake. They're trying to get it done right now. The Bills, to an extent, are the same thing. They're trying to go all in right now. The Von Miller sign, all those guys they brought in. It's the same sense, but in the NFC. Uh, let's take now the NFC East as a whole. Are three playoff teams coming from the NFC East? Yeah, I think they are. I, I think they are. Right? I mean, look, the Eagles are definitely going to be the playoff team. Dallas is four and two in the next two games are at home against Detroit and Chicago. So they're six and two. Um, the Giants are five and one. And we went through this last week, so we don't need to belabor it with the Giants, but like the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I mean, the Giants are going to win nine to 10 games. Like I, and who the hell else is making the playoffs in the NFC? So yeah, I, I think they're, you're going to get three playoff teams. I do. The NFC least going to NFC beast. In one season, one year. I do want to point out, if you have, let's say, the Giants or the Cowboys making the playoffs, having both of them, right? That means that is picking a team, either the Vikings or the Packers, only one of them are making it, uh, Tampa Bay or New Orleans, or I don't think the Falcons make it, but Tampa Bay or New Orleans, only one makes it. And then the NFC West, San Fran, LA, you know, who, who you picking? My point is, you're leaving out some good teams I think more talented teams 
than say the Giants. Now it's looking more like nine wins might not be just the cutoff, but you might have to win 10. Does that change anything for you? No. No, it doesn't. I think I think those three teams are all making the playoffs. I think you're getting one team out of the NFC South. I got to tell you, man, and I picked this team to go to the Super Bowl. The, we're getting to a point with the Packers. Like, they better get they better get something going. Because not that the three and three. I'm not panicking over the record so much. The look of that whole thing, the sound of it. Like, you got Rodgers after the game being like, we got to simplify the offense. And LaFleur's like, I don't know what that means. That's not good. <laughs> that's not that's not good. Okay, like it, I think they have the talent to get going, but man, like they 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 just look better than hell. Now that can change quickly, but in the NFC, man, I I is, are are you getting two teams out of the NFC West? You doing I, it? I think so. I, I think Niners and Rams. I got I, Niners. I, I, I think the Rams will eventually figure it out. They're too talented. There is way too much talent on that roster. And that's what it comes down to. The Giants have two games right now in the Rams. If you're going by that standard, you're basically saying the Giants will not lose two games, or the Rams will not be two games better from here on out. I think I the Giants to God, I don't think they're going to be. Hmm. The Rams just lost their left tackle to an Achilles. Hmm. They can't block anybody. They, they literally can't block. If they don't get Odell Beckham back, man, that team's not going to the playoffs. That They can't do anything. I, I Anytime they play a decent team, they lose to them. And that's going to be a problem for the Rams because you have to play the entire AFC West, which is not great, by the way. But I, I think they're going to lose some games there. Uh, they still have to play games in their division. They're going to lose some games there. They got to play the Packers. I mean, somebody's got to win. Uh, but, you know, they got to play the Bucks, who, by the way, yeah, nice game against Pittsburgh. That That is about as bad a loss as Brady's had in some time. Who do you believe more in, the Patriots or the Dolphins? The Dolphins, because I think their talent is much more. But I got to tell you, like, what do you do if you're the Pats with Zappy? What do you do? What What do you do? Do you go back to Mac Jones? I, I don't know. And I'll tell you one, if Belichick's – if there's one guy who's just going to go, I don't care, sit down, it, it's him. <laughs> Right, I mean, I I think the Dolphins are the better team, and I think we're only having this conversation because the Dolphins have had injuries galore at quarterback, and so they've mm-hmm. lost three in a row. But I I got to be fair. I think the Patriots talent wise stink, and like here they are three and three again, just right in the mix. So I I think I think it's the Dolphins, but the Pats at least deserve some credit for being where they are. Yeah, 100% with you. The Patriots roster is just not good. You and I talked about going into this year. With Belichick, you might get six at max seven wins out of that team, and they just keep rolling on. Freaking zappy, man. Anyone else besides maybe Andy Reid, you get some decent performances from a guy that nearly no one has heard of, but of course New England does with Belichick. But yeah, you're right. It's the Dolphins, man. If two is healthy, they probably don't lose three straight games. Two are coming back. It is 100% the Dolphins over New England. Uh, into the future, number three, at five and one, do you buy the Vikings as winning the NFC North? Oh, God. I, you know, I wrote, I, I wrote this question. I still don't know my answer to it. Um, I mean, if you, if you said to me you got to bet your life, I, I would still take the Packers. 
Because they get them back at home, I think they win that game, and then it's a one-game difference, and you split the series. So I, I, I guess I'll still ride with the Packers. I just the Vikings scare the hell out of me. I mean, you're up twenty-one to nothing, or excuse me, twenty-one to three on the Bears. You blow the lead to the Bears at home. You're, you're like desperately trying to get back and win the game. Miami's missing its entire team. You almost lose that game. Like it takes Waddle fumbling the ball. I just don't think they're good. I know they're five and one. I don't think they're good. But this is to my point of earlier of what we talked about. Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, and then the, the, the gulf is wider than the Gulf of Mexico. I, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. I have them as my fourth team. I can't remember a year where you've looked at a top five and just gone, ooh, ooh, like the back 40 <laughs> percent of it. Like I, normally, even in a year where it's top heavy, there's like six or seven teams, like those teams are really good. I, I look at this like, can we just get to the conference title games? <laughs> and just play, and it's like the Eagles against whoever the hell is playing well, and then the Chiefs and the Bills, and we can all just move on because that it just feels. Like, of course, that that'll mean none of them will get there, and it'll be like Ravens Chargers in the AFC title game. <laughs> but it's it just no, I I don't I can't say I believe in the Vikings. I don't. I will say this very quickly: if you are a team that's not the Eagles, Chiefs, or Bills, how excited are you? If you're a Jets fan, a Giants fan a Cowboys fan, a team that you did not think was going to be great this year. Even the Falcons, right? They're three and three. Think of a team that had no hopes necessarily going into the year. You have a chance of making the playoffs. In the playoffs, anything can happen. This is great for those fans of teams who thought they had no chance because there's just such a gap, like you mentioned, from three on. I do think the Vikings are the best team in the NFC North. I think they win that division. Uh, I hate putting any money any sort of of hope on Kirk Cousins, but that's what I'm doing. I know you said bet your life. If I had to bet my life on the Vikings and Kirk Cousins or the way the Packers look right now, I'm going into hiding. I'll, yeah, I'll just go that, somewhere. That, I mean, that's the answer. I'm going go to, full to Henry Hill. Okay, going to Peru or something, just hiding out down there. Argentina, maybe. Yeah, it's, but yeah it's I'm going to the Vikings. Yeah, it's, I'm with you though. It is terrifying. Uh, looks like we have Ben here. Yes, Ben Heisler, bedside is best. Let's uh, let's bring him in. Let's talk. We both said he was a dope for wanting to bet the Steelers last week, and the man was right on. Uh, <laughs> and so and so we paid a steep price, but we did okay. Yeah, we've done well most of the year, so uh, we'll, we'll have to eat it. But clearly, that's why we should just roll with you, Heisler, at all time. All right, yeah, I, I'm, doing, I'm I'm good, gents. Uh, again, I. We, we go through this a lot. You, you're not betting the team, you're betting the number. And the number was indicative of a solid spot for Pittsburgh to be in. Now, this week, seven on the road against Miami, that's still a number that I kind of want to stay away from because now you're dealing with a Pittsburgh team away from home. You're still not sure what Miami's quarterback is. Like, everything changes from a week-to-week level. So, yeah, some weeks it's going to work out. Other times it just ends up with a whole lot of egg on your face. It's kind of the fun of it. No, it's not fun. I don't want egg on my face. I'm an idiot. I sure just listened to you. Why did I think, oh, yeah, Tom Brady, he's going to come out hot right now. Nope. Fuck me, right? I'm going with anything you have to say, Ben. I am so wrong. I'm horrible at betting. That makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. You're right. Like, we're all going to have weeks like that. You know, like, I, I love the Saints. 
last week. And, and sure enough, they, they can't stop Burrow at all. Saints were supposed to be a team that generated a bunch of pressure on the quarterback. Bengals were one of the worst teams in slowing down pressure. Burrow ends up being dominant down the stretch, finds Chase. Like, we all end up having, like, collective egg on our face, Sterling. So I, I really wouldn't worry about it too much. But we try to avoid it as much as possible. I, 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 uh, I watched a lot of that game. And I got to tell you, I know we have a lot of – we, we try to keep it as, as national on the show as possible. I know there's a lot of Chief fans who listen. There's a lot in the chat right now. I got to tell you guys. I don't know if you guys watched that Jamar Chase touchdown that won that game. Um, the Chiefs might not have been wrong for moving off Tyron Matthew. <laughs> I, I, you I mean, no part of it. No dude, part. There, like, there have been a lot of plays like that this year where I've watched the Saints, and he is just like, I'm good. I'm not even going to try to tackle you. Like, not like you broke my tackle. Like, I could basically escort you down the sideline right now, and <laughs> I'd be doing the same amount of defensive work. Like, it is. I always thought Marcus Peters, as great as he is as a corner, like might be the worst tackler I ever saw. Like in in certain situations, like just in terms like for the Chiefs, like you just didn't want to tackle, didn't want to get involved. Tyron Matthew has now like passed that with the Saints. It is. Like, I I can't remember the last time I've seen a guy where he literally is just like I don't care, go down the field, touchdown, that's fine. Like it's insane. It's bad. It's and he did that a couple times against Seattle. Yeah, yeah. There are only <laughs> people who are listening. Put up the like the old money sign. Yeah, pretty much. Business decisions. The funny thing was, it wasn't even, like all you had to do was like shove him. He was on the sideline. <laughs> like, you just let him go by. You're like, oh my god. All right, look, Heisler. Let's get into it. Week seven NFL line. By the way, whoever decided the primetime slate for this should be shot. You've got Saints Cardinals on Thursday night, Dolphins Steelers on Sunday night. Bears Patriots Monday night. Who in God's name came up with this slate, and why haven't they put be put in prison yet? Oh my God! But anyway, week seven slate. Let's get into it. What are you looking at? So, just a quick note on that: the entire slate is not particularly it's not good. No, this is this good. is like if, if you're looking for a week to try to avoid some NFL, get a bunch of stuff done around the house, do some yard work. Like you can probably be okay with week seven. It's also hard to come off of what we saw from week six, where you had just fantastic matchups spread out throughout the course of the slate. But if we're going to try to start with putting together what we feel are the actual biggest, most important games of the week, I think the first one's obvious. The second one I think is debatable. And then I really have no idea about the third one. So I'll run it by you guys and we'll go over some of our best bets for the course of the day. So Chiefs and 49ers, that's the, the late afternoon window game on Fox. Makes plenty of sense, right? Chiefs going in, three-point favorites, opened up at two and a half against San Francisco. Yep. They got their bell rung uh, against the Falcons team that was projected to win four and a half games this year. I'm not yeah. – I, 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 yeah, I don't know whether or not what, – what I do know is this. I do know that Atlanta is 6-0 is and oh against the spread. They've been in pretty much every single game throughout the course of this year. They've hung tough. I also know that the 49ers can be their own worst enemy a lot of the times. I think where the Chiefs are at minus three feels maybe a little bit low. But again, you're going on the road. 49ers have had success in the early portion of these matchups, right? Like, we obviously know about the Super Bowl and their ability to come back. But it's 
They're very different teams. Garoppolo looks nowhere near the level that he played at from a couple seasons ago. And now you're dealing with a, a, an even more pissed off Mahomes and Chiefs team that, that really fought uh, against arguably the best team in the NFL. In fact, I don't even think there's an argument right now. I think Buffalo is by far and away the established best team in the NFL with Philadelphia right behind them, and that's what the odds say. But I, I think this line is correct for Kansas City. I bet them at minus two and a half before it went up to three, and the total sits in at 48 and a half. But I'm not sure if there's any debate as far as which is the most compelling game of the week. I, I think it has to be Chiefs and 49ers. Yeah, it probably is because the Bills and the Eagles are both on a bye. So basically you have one one really good team playing this week and then just a bunch of teams that you're like at maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a weird game because on one hand, I think the Niners play a style that gives the Chiefs a problem. They can just run the ball out of out of heavy. They can just put a fullback in there and Kittle's basically a sixth offensive lineman and they're going to run the ball. Now, the reason I say I'm conflicted is because the Chiefs are getting Willie Gay back. They're getting, you would think, Trent McDuffie back. Fenton and Cook might be back. Like, this might be the, literally the first time all year for a full game they actually have, like, their full complement of players defensively. So, I think the Chiefs can cover the Niners, especially with Garoppolo at quarterback. Like, I think the Chiefs will be okay in that regard. I don't think it's going to be a game where they're throwing all over them. Um, I, I, I also think it's the kind of game the Niners have to play it a very certain way. Because if the Chiefs get up on them and they can't run the ball, then it's over. Like Then it's just the game ceases to exist. The reason I'd probably take the Chiefs' side on this, and I, and I actually think it's going to be a very tight game, the, the Niners are just so banged up. They're missing a million guys. You, I mean, Shanahan yesterday said, Kim Law, he's on he's injured reserves. He's not playing. Armstead's not playing. Mosley's out for the year of the torn ACL. Jimmy Ward's not playing with a broken hand. You don't know if Charvarius Ward's playing. Nick Bosa might not be playing. Both tackles might not be playing. Elijah Mitchell, their starting running back, he's not playing. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, sometimes it's not about who you're playing, but when you play them, they are catching the Niners at a time where the Chiefs should win the game. But I do think the Niners are well-coached enough, and they play enough of a scheme that and by the way, Hafunga's another guy's in concussion protocol now. He may not play. Um, I just think it's, a, it's a, a good time for the Chiefs um, to catch them. So I would take the Chiefs. But I think it's a very interesting game. Yeah. I do want to point out Jimmy G and George Kittle, they're finally starting to connect again. I mean, he was used as a six tight end last week. He had 10 um, targets, I think eight catches for 80-some yep. yards. So he's, finally getting, yeah, so he's finally getting more involved. I think the Chiefs win. I think they cover, but I do think it's closer than most would probably like, especially yep. with all the injuries that the Niners have. I like the under, though, more than anything. I, I like the under. I, I think the Niners will run the clock as much as possible. We'll see some long drives. I, I just think that that's what we're going to see, maybe a 24-17 type of game. So I like the under almost as much as anything here. So what, well, go, go ahead, Ryan. No, I, was, I agree. I like the under, too. I think it's Niners short in the game. The biggest problem I think the Niners are going to have in this game, that I just, I this is really more than anything why I would pick Kansas City. Those corner, like the, the injuries in the secondary to me are just, if Mahomes has to throw the ball in this game, he's probably going to just be able to do it. Like, I, I know they have great linebackers in Greenlaw and Warner, so maybe they can even slow down Kelsey to some extent. But the way they play Kelsey, it's hard for a linebacker to do that because they'll, they'll put him anywhere on the field. Yeah. Like they'll put him out wide, they'll put him at, you know, they'll put him anywhere. Um, 
I just think it's a hard game for the Niners defensively because of how beat up they are. I got to tell you, if the Niners were fully healthy, I might pick them to win. But they're not, and I think that's probably the tail of the tape in this game. A lot of folks, I think, when they looked at the schedule, and I was one of them, thought this could be an opportunity for a letdown game coming off the Buffalo game. Obviously, that's no longer the case. A couple notes that I, I think are worthwhile in bringing up for this game that I think you can use as an edge to bet this game live before we move on to the next game. This is from Alex Simon, who, who covers the 49ers for the uh, the Mercury News. So since Kyle Shanahan took over as head coach in 2017, the 49ers have been trailing by seven-plus points entering the fourth quarter 24 times. They have not won a game in any of those instances. The largest comeback that they've had in the fourth quarter is four points. Now, part of the reason for that is that the 49ers are 1-11 in games where they have 20 or fewer rushing attempts. So kind of goes right back to what you guys were saying. If the 49ers can control time of possession, run the football effectively, they're going to be in this game and have a very good shot to win. If the Chiefs, and they've been a very good first-half scoring team all season, if they get off to a big lead against San Francisco, that does not present a good opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan. They just don't do well in situations where they're throwing a lot to have to come back in this game. So I would watch this closely. If it's a big dominant running game for San Francisco, they're in a good spot as an underdog. But if the Chiefs get off to a big lead, you might want to hammer the second half total for Kansas City as well, knowing that this just isn't going to end well for, for 49ers when it comes to this matchup. So that's, that's obviously the top one on the slate. We joked about the uh, the Colts and the Jaguars last week as being a, a top three noteworthy matchup, but now that the Colts have won, now that they're 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 three two and one, and Tennessee is three and two, Colts are going to Nashville as a three point dog. The total of forty two and a half. You know, it's not a good division. It's a very bad division. No, it is not. It's atrocious. Um, but I mentioned to you guys last week that from week six and beyond. That's when the Colts start to figure it out. That's when Frank Reich teams end up winning uh, at about a 66% clip, if you include last week. Titans have their issues, but the, the Colts have been rather fortunate in their wins, and they've kind of just looked bad in all of their losses. So I'm not saying that they're not a resilient team, but I just don't think this presents a, a good opportunity, especially if they're still not going to have Shaquille Leonard or Jonathan Taylor, whose uh, uh, opportunities remain questionable for this week. First of all, can they please move the all AFC South games going forward? Can they move them to like Tuesday at ten o'clock in the morning? I it just it's it's abominable football. I'll take it. I still watch. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> God, you guys are sick. Um, I I'm taking the Titans to win this game in the cover, and I, I don't even think it's particularly that close. The Titans are coming off a bye; they should be healthier. I don't even think the Titans are good, and I'm taking the Titans to win and cover this game. Like the Titans. At least have an identity. What the hell do the Colts do? The Colts can't run for a yard. They can't block anybody. Ryan, Ryan is cooked. And I know, like, you know what the funny thing is? He's actually thrown for the second most yards in the league this year. But he's also thrown the ball like 80 times a game. His arms are going to fall they, 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 They're bad, man. Like, defensively, they have games where they're all right. They have games where they're not. I Like, I think the Titans win this game by like 9, 10 points. And, I, and not because the Titans are good. Give me the Colts. I'm rolling with them still. Preseason, I'm rolling with the Colts. I got to stay on this bandwagon. Not even a bandwagon. They're not good. They're bad. But I think the Titans are bad. Both teams, honestly, have negative point differential. 
Two best teams, two top two teams in the AFC it's South. So bad. Both have negative point differential. Uh, I, again, I said I think that tie, the tie that the Colts have, is going to be the difference maker in which team makes the playoffs. And I think the Colts win this game. I don't like the Titans at all. I don't know what they do. Yeah, they have an identity, but it's not a good identity. I'm going to go with the Colts just based on my gut, my preseason gut. I think eventually we'll see Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr., Matt Ryan. There's some talent in the receiving core there that's enough to get it done against the Titans. I, this is probably one of those games I, I initially thought I'd take Tennessee at minus two and a half, and then the number moved to three, and I missed out on it. But one other aspect that I think you can consider while you're watching this game and just torturing your eyeballs in the process, Tennessee has the worst fourth quarter offense in the NFL. The Colts gave up their first points of the season last week in the fourth quarter with that touchdown against Jacksonville. It's the first time all year anybody put up any points on, on the Colts. Now, again, small sample size, and you have to remember a lot of the situations that the Colts have been in, but they've played some quality offensive teams and they've shut them out up until last week. So if you're looking at the Titans and they're up as short favorites or it's a close game, you might want to consider jumping on the Colts live because of how inept Tennessee's offense is in the fourth quarter and also Indianapolis's ability to stop teams in the fourth quarter, at least so far through the first six games. Ben, please tell me you're rolling with me and not Verderam. Come on, baby. Who you got? Right now that the line is three, I would probably lean on the Colts. Oh, I, I, think I think it's a better number. I do. Um, but if it went back when it was two and a half, I, I, like I, I, this feels like a, a, a Titans win on a field goal, honestly. Mm. So if if that's the case, and it's of course the that's what the case will be. Yeah, of course these, got- two, these two clown cars will push. Because why wouldn't they? Colts push. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> In, in in overtime, no less, will be will be how this game ends up going down. We'll have to sit through sixty eight minutes of garbage to get uh, to sort our way through it. What, what last about last night's game? What's that? What's about what about last night's game? Sixty eight minutes of garbage decided by a field goal. Yeah, I, I by the way, I tweeted out in the middle of the third quarter last night. I'm like, there's no way this game doesn't end in a complete shit show with these two teams. And how does it end? In overtime with two minutes left, with a Broncos player. Like everybody's ripping on this returner for fumbling the ball. It's not the returner's fault. It's the guy in front of him who just backs into him like a dope. And the Chargers player, was the only guy who did anything all night, was smart enough to just shove him into him because he just kept backing up. Like that game, my God. I, I tell you what, I don't I don't know when the next Broncos Chargers game is. I got to look at the schedule. We got to have a watch party. <laughs> the, the, the amount of you want to get, get people things. together to watch that. The amount of comedy is unbelievable. Okay, that's fair. It belongs in Dangerfield. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, Dustin Hopkins though stones. Give I, Hopkins I, some credit. I did, I did tweet out uh, last night, like how is like what what Broncos player is gonna fall down and ruin my plus four and a half bet? Didn't end up getting ruined, but a Broncos player fell down. By the way, Ian McMillan had lost both of his money line bets on Thursday night and Monday night. I don't know if you guys saw this tweet. By a player dropping a punt and the other team scoring. <laughs> two muff punts cost him two wins. Betting is fun. Uh, that's a shame. By the way, uh, it's the game, the Broncos charge week 18. 
So oh, everything God. could be on the line for the Chargers at mile high. Oh my God, man. Swing so, through. Come to KT. I am living for the Chargers needing to win that game to make the playoffs. And you just get you just get rust. Just let's ride. Let's ride. And it's like 13 to 12 all through the football. Oh my God, please. Oh, that'd be I will tell you guys right now, if the Chiefs have already clinched and like there's no importance for them if they're in that game against the Raiders, I won't even turn that game on. I will just watch the I will watch the Chargers and Broncos because there is no end to the possibilities of what's going to happen in that game. No end. It's going to be in Denver. They're going to be five and eleven, getting booed off the field. But like the Chargers are so inept, they can't take advantage of it. Oh, oh my God! It's it's Christmas extended. It's beautiful. It's like it's like the the Dayton Moore line from a handful of years ago. It's like you know, in some ways, it almost feels like we won the World Series. Broncos are going to win on like a, a 60 yard uh, field goal. And Nathaniel Hackett's going to say something along the lines of, you know, it kind of feels like in our own way, we won the Super Bowl. And and also, if, if that's the way that happens, it will hit all three posts. <laughs> like a hundred percent, right? It'll hit like right upright, left upright, <laughs> drop straight down and then like teeter and then just roll over. It is, there's and it'll it'll happen like after they try a 65 yarder that falls short, but the Chargers like had 18 guys on the field. <laughs> like it's just, no, there's no, no you know it'll it'll possibilities be, of how that game goes. It, it, it'll be because the one time Brandon Staley uh, doesn't go for it on fourth and one, decides to punt it, and then Denver goes down the field. Like everything that Brandon Staley says from being an aggressive natured head coach and going with the analytics, except when he does the opposite. We'll come back to bite him. All right, we've, I've gone too long about this one. I, I can't figure out which is a more intriguing game because none of them are good. But yeah. the other one that I, I considered is probably the, the Ravens hosting the Browns. Ravens getting uh, laid in six and a half, total 46 and a half. If you're Lamar, like I know he doesn't have much to prove. He's, he's a great quarterback, but the consistent inability to close out games in the fourth quarter is a major concern. And, and Baltimore's defense has a lot of flaws and a lot of issues right now. I know Cleveland's looked rough the last couple of games, but if you can't stop the run against them, they're they're going to do it to to the Ravens again. Ravens might have the lead, probably bet the Ravens again in the first half, but Lamar's got to take a divisional game at home, close them out, and beat them on his own. Otherwise, there's there's some serious concerns in Baltimore right now. So I'll actually take issue. I, I, I think he's got a lot to prove right now because – I don't know. I, before you came on, we talked about this. Like he he's like nineteenth in passing. He's third mo- has the third most picks. I mean, he cost them the Giants game. I'm so I, I'm not like look. You can't throw that pick there. You just can't. I you're late across the middle. Like I understand it's a bad snap, but I don't care, man. Throw it into the stands. Like you're playing Daniel Jones. Throw it eight rows deep. I think they got a lot to prove because they can't stop blowing double-digit leads. And when you when you do that, that's a whole team thing. That's not just your defense. Right. That's and, like, and that's why I'm not necessarily putting it squarely on him. Like, there's there's no, issues around with Baltimore. No doubt. No doubt. But he he gets put sometimes in some of these categories with, like, he's he's in the same category as, like, Mahomes and Allen. And like, no, he's not. I'm sorry. He's not. He's good, but he's not, he's not the upper-tier guys like those guys are. I would take Cleveland to cover the number. And I and I don't even think Cleveland's good. But I don't trust Baltimore to hold on to a big lead. So I think it, I think Baltimore wins, but I think Cleveland covers. 
Yeah, I like that. I, I think it's going to be a closer game. Amari Cooper's had a very nice season on the outside for, yes. for, for Cleveland. Yep. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's been better than I expected. Not not saying he's great by any means, but I think Brissett's been better than I expected. Uh, I think Cleveland, they're a weird saying this, a fairly well-coached team. It's weird saying that about Cleveland, but I think they are a fairly well-coached team. They have some talent. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Ravens do win, but six and a half, I think, is too much. Ravens blew a 21-point lead to start the fourth quarter against the Dolphins in Week 2. Week 4 against the Bills, they blew a 17-point lead in the first half. Week 6 against the Giants, blew a 10-point lead with 12.54 left in the fourth quarter. Ravens' first half is the play for me. Like, that's a team that has done great in getting points on the board initially, take some chances downfield. Teams never seem to be fully prepared for Lamar. And then you go ahead and just back the Browns right around the middle of the third quarter, uh, especially if it's relatively close, because that's that's Nick Chubb season, and the Ravens are going to have all sorts of issues slowing him down. Also, keep in mind, the, the Ravens have won games in, in odd weeks as opposed to the even weeks. It's week seven. But don't actually go ahead and, and bet on that. All right, you guys ready for uh, you guys ready for the bets that I've already made this week, and uh, we'll do a little yay or nay. Let's do it. Got it. Got it. First one, hold your nose because the Jacksonville Jaguars is two and a half point favorites are going to take down the five and one New York Giants. I bet this number up to three. That's where most of the sports books have them already. The Giants, when you take away their ability to run, are a below average team. And that's what Jacksonville does really, really well. I know the Colts had a couple decent runs. Uh, Deion Jackson had a big run towards the end of the game. But that's what Jacksonville does. They're really, really good against the run. And I think they're going to force Daniel Jones to beat him downfield. Uh, Jack should have won that game last week against the Colts. I, I don't think they, they screw it up again. Uh, and there's a reason why I think the sharp money has been all over Jacksonville in the early portion of the week. If you can get him a two and a half run to that number, otherwise minus three feels like the right play as well. Yeah, I like the Giants this year, but I – I agree. I think it's a weird matchup. I also think it's a desperate Jacksonville team. Like you got to win this game, or you're you're pretty much in the toilet. So, um, or or as also is known, a uh, half game back in the AFC South. Uh, I <laughs> I you know I I think I think the Giants are the better team, but I think the matchup, the way that sits, favors Jacksonville. I will say one thing that would give me a little pause. You know, with Martindale as the, as the D coordinator with New York. They are going to blitz the hell out of Lawrence in this game. It's coming. And if, if Jacksonville does not have an answer for it, that's going to be ugly. But I'll, I'll roll with you. I'll roll with Jacksonville laying the points in the game. So I like the Giants, but that means I should go with you and Jacksonville since I should always go against what I think is going to happen. So I'll, I'll roll with you a bit. I learned my lesson after last week. Listen, it, it, if there's not some sort of disagreement at some point, I'll, I'll, I'll be a little concerned. Uh, but let's move on to the next one. Falcons getting six and a half on the road against Cincinnati. Um, Falcons, the only remaining team in the NFL that's undefeated against the spread. We talked briefly about their ability to remain in close games. And, and part of it has been Arthur Smith adjusting his offense to the talent or lack of talent that he has on their team. But the scheme is working, especially in the running game. And Mariota bounced back. He had a terrible last couple of games, was very efficient, didn't need to throw the ball many times. Even without Cordero Patterson, they looked terrific against San Francisco, which is a very good team in stopping the run. Didn't show it last week. Uh, Cincinnati still has, has plenty of issues. I know that they had a big win on the road against New Orleans, coming back at home. Uh, still a Falcons team that, that bookmakers really haven't adjusted to yet. 
but I, I like this number still for Atlanta. They're still getting too many points from the books. Um, they've showed all year that they can cover even against better teams than Cincinnati. I don't think going on the road phases them one bit. Sometimes I even prefer them on the road. I like them six and a half at Cincinnati this week. I like to disagree, but I can here. Uh, the Falcons, I, I'm with you. Look, they, they've played well. They, and, and one thing about Atlanta, they're really well coached. They – they will give it to you. Now, I, I, I don't know if Terrell is going to be able to play this week. I saw he hurt his hamstring last week. They need A.J. Terrell in this game. Yes, they do. They need him to be healthy um, because they do not have a good pass rush. But I think they're going to score some points in the game. Like I think they're going to score enough to keep – even if they backdoor cover or something, I think they will cover. Um, and I don't even think it's going to be a backdoor cover. I think it's going to be a fairly close game. So I, uh, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think the Falcons probably cover that number. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the Falcons, like you mentioned, six and zero. They've been consistently been giving way too many points. They they play close. They play hard. I like the Falcons. They don't win this game. I don't think the Falcons win. But if it's a two point game, three point game, I would not be shocked at all. Yep. Key for Falcons, by the way, getting off to an early lead, being able to run the ball. Cincinnati, third best defense in the NFL in the fourth quarter, behind Indianapolis and Buffalo. Last one, because I already mentioned that I like the Chiefs at minus two or minus two and a half against the 49ers this week. Seattle Seahawks getting seven against the LA Chargers. Seven points. Um, it's moved down at some books to six and a half. If you search around, shop around, you can still get them at plus seven. On, on what planet right now do the LA Chargers deserve to be a seven point favorite? I, now, I might be walking into it like I kind of the opposite mindset. No, you're not. You're not. But, but, but here's the thing like, if most people would, would look at the, the Jaguars and Giants line, they would look at that as a trap line, right? Oh, the, the Giants are 5-1. and one. Right, Jaguars right, right. can't win a game. I, I'm going to take the Giants. It, it feels like it's a trap to the public. To me, it almost feels like a trap for the Seattle team, but they score points, especially on the road. Their defense hasn't been as good um, away from home. Gave up nine points last yeah. week. But I, Chargers games aren't a road game. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, you can't factor that in as an actual no. true road environment. So I don't think they're going to be phased by it. And you're talking about a team with really good speed on the outside with Lockett and Metcalf. Kenneth Walker's a solid-looking running back. I was impressed by him, guy that I really enjoyed playing at Michigan State. Like, they can control the game in a wide variety of ways. And unless I know for sure that Keenan Allen is 100% healthy, I, I have pause about taking the Chargers at this high of a number, even at home. Can I give you? I'll go a step further. I'm going to take the Seattle money line. Lock it. I, I think this is how good. much? How much for a rim? Throw it. I want to see. Oh it. God, not in real life. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think they're, I, I think they're going to beat them outright. What have the Chargers done at all this year to make you think? Like, look, the Chargers started out okay. They beat the Raiders at home. Fine, that's fine. It's Week One. Like, whatever. It's a divisional game. Then they played the Chiefs tough. They actually outplayed them early. Then the Chiefs came back, and they, they made enough plays to find a way to win. Since week two, the Chargers have been a tire fire. I mean, honestly, blown out by Jacksonville, which everybody was like, oh, maybe Jacksonville's good. No, Jacksonville's not good. They haven't won a game since. Okay, then, then you get into what? You barely beat Houston. You need to hang on for dear life in that game. Uh, you, you you needed a miracle of 151 penalty yards at home to beat Denver. Like I, I I'm with you, but like why in the world did they lay in a touchdown? On in, in what dimension should they ever be laying? They shouldn't lay seven points against anybody. I don't go home away, whatever. By the way, you're right. There's going to be 50,000 Seattle fans at this game. 
Um, I'll tell you right now, JC Jackson's not playing well. They are they covering Lockett? Are they covering DK Metcalf? I I don't know. And I'll tell you right now, I'll give you a guy watching this game. Tariq Wooten, he's playing really well at corner for Seattle. The he's a rookie. He's really good. So Seattle's also got a better defensive line than people realize. Like I know they haven't been great defensively. Sure, they only gave up three points last week on on defense because the the score of the touchdown for Arizona was was a defensive score. I think Seattle's going to beat them. Like I think Seattle right now legitimately is a better football team than the Chargers. I don't have the stones to bet Seattle outright, but I definitely don't think seven or six and a half, whatever it is. Why? Geno Smith at this point might be better than Russell Wilson. Hell, there's Drew no Luck. Might. There's yeah. no might. Drew He's Luck just better than <laughs> might be better than Russell Wilson. I mean, this is just absurd. Seattle, I don't think they're going to win outright, but you mentioned it. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they'll put some points up. And it's not like the Chargers push the ball downfield. They dump off, dump off, dump off. Even without Keenan Allen, you think, okay, big Mike Williams game. Don't even look his way. Wouldn't want to get him involved as he almost brings in one of the most absurd catches I have oh, ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was borderline. And I'm just sitting here going, yo, don't want to get him involved. Would hate for him to make a great catch. I just can't trust the Chargers. It's going to be a close game. But real quick, so – I think most people would go into this game and say, here's the big advantage, Herbert and Geno Smith. I'm like, Herbert's a better quarterback than Geno Smith. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not trying to make that case. Herbert's thrown for the fourth most yardage this year. Geno Smith is tied with Kirk Cousins for ninth. But here's what's interesting. Justin Herbert is averaging 6.7 yards an attempt, which is pretty, pretty bad. Now, I, I, I don't blame that on Herbert. I blame that on the, their offensive scheme. That ball you mentioned to Mike Williams, no. I guarantee if they had given us the uh, the old the old Ken Dorsey camera up on Joe Lombardi, Lombardi would have been like, "Oh God, don't not, not over ten yards." <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, the fear they have of throwing the ball is incredible. So Herbert's at six point seven yards in attempt. You know who's at eight? Eight Geno Smith. Herbert's completing sixty six percent of his passes, which is fine. Geno's at seventy three point four. He's the best in football. Nine touchdowns to two picks. He's got a better QBR by nine points than Herbert does. Like, I don't think Herbert's a lesser quarterback, but I, I I can't believe I'm saying this about the Seahawks. The Seahawks give their quarterback more freedom in the offense than, than the Chargers do? Like, somehow that's actually true? I, I think Seattle, honest to God, if, if they can block, I think they win this game. I really do. So they're plus two thirty on the money line. So a hundred dollar bet would uh, would win you two hundred thirty bucks. Chargers enter the week bottom ten in run DVOA. They're twenty second. Um, you mentioned the numbers on Geno completing seventy three point four percent of his passes. He's got a the, the only person that he trails in in passer rating that's for quarterbacks that have started every game this season is Josh Allen. He's got a two point higher QBR than Pat Mahomes at this point. Like again, I don't know how sustainable it is for Geno, but. He has weapons around him. He's in a, a scheme that makes sense and works well for him. And they're putting up points. And and you know what? His deep throw, his deep ball throws this year have been unbelievable. A couple of the games that he yeah. – the ones that he connected with, with Tyler Lockett, not last week but the week before, were exceptional. Like some of the best deep balls that I've seen 
this year in the NFL. I, it's going to be a fun game. I think it's the highest total on the board right now at, uh, I think, 51 and, uh, and a half. 51? Yeah, 51 and a half. That's the, the highest total, the only game on the slate in the 50s. Um, I mean, let's let's go. And, and maybe, maybe that's the argument for, for the Chargers, that if this game turns into a shootout, kind of like how it did against the Lions, that that doesn't bode well for what Seattle wants to do and the Chargers can win that type of game. But man, like seven points, full touchdown, with the way that the Chargers tend to collapse in games late with the decisions from Brandon Staley, you have the clear coaching advantage with Pete Carroll. It, this, this feels like a layup to me. It almost feels too good to be true. I don't, I don't even think it's enough for layup. I, honest to God, I really, like, oh, maybe I'm a dope and the Chargers won by 20 points. I just, the Chargers can't do anything. I mean, they just, the, you know, Stanley was supposed to be this big defensive genius when he came over. How's that going? I mean, they've invested how much money in that, in that defense? They can't stop anybody from running the football. And you know one thing with Seattle, if they can run the ball, they're going to keep doing it. Like that, you know that's coming. I mean, they're coming downhill. So, you know, Seattle, I, I got to be fair. There were two teams this year I thought would be absolute garbage that have not been. Atlanta and the Seahawks. I, now, now, I don't think either one of those teams are, like, great teams or even maybe even playoff teams, although in the NFC, who knows, maybe. But I thought those teams would be bad. They're not bad. They're not bad. All right, listen. Hi, so I know you got to get out of here and do things more important. Uh, what what, uh, what the hell is going on at BetSide? Talk to us. Yeah, plenty of uh, stuff ahead of NFL Week 7, as you guys all know. We'll have uh, betting previews, predictions, props, anytime touchdown scores. Uh, whatever you need to uh, get your uh, your bet on this week, we'll have it. Uh, the Daily Read, live right now. So once you're done with this show, make sure you head on over to Betside's YouTube channel. Uh, go ahead and give us a, a thumbs up and a subscription as well. Uh, Reed's talking college football continues to, to have a, just a dominant season. He's been ahead of so many different line moves. Uh, got TCU and Utah way before the Lions moved last week. They ended up winning those games outright. Uh, so give him a follow as well. NBA season starts tonight, boys. It's a fun time. Uh, our Peter Dewey finished, I think, around 56%. Uh, with Peter and I are going to go light every year. candle in the world as Knicks fans. Oh, well, I mean, he's he's going to go through it every game. Like, it's pain, man. too too many games to, to go through it with the Knicks, but but he will be right there front and center for it. Um, his best bets for tonight are already out over at BetSide. You should check that out. Um, really anything that's going on in the world of betting, make sure you come hang out. And then also daily bet slip live today, 4 PM central time, 5 PM Eastern. I will be there with our guy, Ian McMillan. All right. Thank you so much. Ben Heisler, the great Ben Heisler. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you. See you fellas. See you later. All right. Brought me down. I had to think about the Knicks. 10, right. 9, 8, 76ers, baby. Come on. Oh God. I, yeah, enjoy that. It'll be it'll be great for sixty games. Then a beat will have like some kind of like a muscle pull, and that'll be it. Um, uh, although our, our producer Sean Daly says that's what he's talking about. Is he, is he also a 76ers fan? Um, I mean, oh god, the Knicks—they're they're, going to cost me. All right, um, the Knicks and the Devils just—they—they—they they, they suck. Um, I was all excited for for the. Devils, and then just immediately like, within thirty yeah, minutes, yeah. I just turned the game off. Your enthusiasm was like, "They're good this year. The Flyers are ass. It's going to be a great game. The Devils, they're good. The, the, the Devils are supposed to be good. They're not. The Flyers are supposed to be ass. I'm pretty sure they still will be. Um, but I mean, it's just I've never seen a team, and I, I mean this. 
Genuinely. I'm actually, I mean, there's so much. I'm actually going on Fansided's Devil podcast tomorrow because they invited me on to talk about this. I have never seen a team that has no plan whatsoever in a game than the Devils ever. Like, if you've ever played the sport, there are certain things. Like, look, when you're in your defensive zone, like, you need to have certain positioning. Like, it's, it's, hockey is a lot more straightforward than, than, you know, the NFL, where there's a million different type, types of way to cover. Like, you pretty much know, okay, if the puck's behind our net, you're going to have one defenseman on the puck. That other defenseman's going to shift over. He's going to stay in front of the net. If a second guy goes behind, your second defenseman's going to go behind. Your center's going to drop down. Active stick in the slot. The Devils, both defensemen behind the net, one guy not on anybody, and the center at the point, and there's just nobody in front of the net. Like it's, you're like you've been playing hockey for how many years now? Is anyone alive? Like, is anyone? There was one goal that they gave up against the Flyers where one of the defensemen was in the corner and literally was guarding nobody, was just covering the boards. I, I have, I honestly, it's it, it deserves a thirty for thirty. Like, what was Damon Severson thinking on this play? Like, nobody knows. It's just not covering anyone. And it, I mean, just you're like, oh my god, man, this is so bad. But in any event, my we thing need to pray I'm, for you, my guy. We oh. got to pray for Verderam during Nick's devil season. My gosh. It's so bad. If the Chiefs aren't good, I'm, I'm, I'm just dead inside. All right. So we've got uh, we've got a couple things to get to here that are important. Then I'll stay away from the, the, the this shit because the Knicks, I think, are a playing team. They'll just get blasted. It won't matter. Um, the the uh, Guardians and the Yankees game five tonight, I can't express how much I want the Guardians to win that game. Not That's only to knock out the Yanks. But to do it in their own building in front of all those, those meatheads, all 55,000 or whatever they pack into that hole these days, I, they can't lose enough. The worst fan base in the world. Just the biggest bunch of front runners and hangers on in the world. If you ever go back and look at years where they haven't made the playoffs, which obviously has been rare recently, there's crickets at those games. All of them, all of a sudden, all those pinstripe jerseys with the with the names on the back, those fake jerseys, they all go in the closet. All the gold chains go in the closet. And, it, and I can say this because I'm a New Yorker and I'm Italian, so eat it. All these people, okay, all these people, cheetah, cheetah. They all, every single one of them, all their shit goes in the closet. And then they're just then they're just waiting for the next New York team that's halfway decent. And then they, they no, they, they're, they're, they bust up the Lakers jerseys. What are you talking about? They busted the Cowboys and Lakers. Right it's now, Yankees, they're all- Cowboys, Lakers. Come on. It's the same fan. Right now, those boys are in deep pain across the board. Okay. <laughs> because the Lakers have another rust that's cooked, and the Cowboys might be the third best team in the division. Well, and they're Alabama fans, too, for football. Only football, of course. Of, of course. Right. Right. I mean, but I'm telling man, they can't lose enough. So I hope that they lose. Um, and then, look, I, the one thing that this season brings me. Um, is I, you may or may not be familiar with this show, the challenge on MTV. It's my it's my guilty pleasure in life, and it is it is a terrible show, but at the same point, it's awesome. And I am uh, I'm all in. It's season like thirty eight. I'm completely. Oh yeah. Oh that's right. Uh, it, it, oh yeah. It's gotten worse and better simultaneously. It's better because like there's more backstabbing going on because people sure. have gotten smarter and they call it their political game, which is a joke. They're not smart enough to have political games, but like they, 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 
like they backstab more, so that's better. Like the, the producers have gotten better at making sure that like there's just a whole lot of crap going on. But it's gotten worse in the sense that now we live in an age where you, you can't just sucker punch somebody into a pool and, and it's okay. <laughs> you know, like when I when I was in high school, if they hey, you know, Johnny's talking crap, and then somebody go outside and just and you know, like I, I actually in all seriousness, you, you couldn't punch somebody, but you could pretty much do anything else. And it was fine. You do the guy when the guy gets behind someone and then you you bring the guy over and you push him and he falls because he trips over the guy who's sitting down. Like you could pretty much do just about anything 10 years ago on this show. And unless unless you actually punch him, that was the only like hard line that there was. Unless you just cold cock somebody, you were good. Like there was there were years where like people would take stuff. There's always a pool, because of course there's a pool. And you'd always take stuff. And like people would throw everybody like all this shit in the pool. Ruin all the big ah, your stuff's ruined, and like it was totally fine. Now, if that happens, you got to sit down and have like a talk about bullying for like 30 minutes, and then and then like after the show, they're like, If you've been bullied, please call 1 800 bullying, like which is probably better for society but makes for less interesting television. Um, you know, but in any event, it's for a million bucks. And it's a bunch of degenerates, and they're they're all like usually in their mid to late twenties. But you'll also always get somebody who's like, "I'm 41. This is my 19th season on the challenge. I know I can win it." And those people are great because when they get eliminated, they're distraught. So <laughs> I I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm a big fan. Sounds like a show I need to go on. You, you, oh, I'm mid to late twenties. I would thrive. I'll just walk around calling everyone, hey, Copernicus, your shit's in the pool. Just, you know, I mean, I think I'd do good. Uh, man, when I was a kid, I always wanted to go on the real world. I was like, I'd be great on that show. I'd be more than happy to go on that show. And then I got to interview Kyle Brandt, uh, Good Morning Football, formerly of the real world, a while back. And we were talking about MTV and, and all these shows. And he was he was awesome. Uh, he was actually he was on this podcast. But I always wanted to go on that show. Like, when I was in college, I was like, man, and I was too lazy to apply. So, like, I never, you know, but I. I was like, man, that'd be so much fun. Like, I'd love to go on that show and just whatever, seven strangers. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I'm more than happy to to, to grab some booze and oh, I said uh, free beer. I go, I know free booze. Come on. That see, that's the other part of this. So the challenge there used to be, and this is really the this is the difference. Used to be now they go out to bars. And, you know, of course, especially now in, like, the COVID era, like, they, they basically just shut the bar down. They bring these people in. It's really tame. Used to be the biggest open bar you've ever seen in your life, like, in the kitchen. That, that was a good time. Because it, it invariably, it would be like, you know, you know how these shows go. So, it'd be like, everybody's having a good time. Like, oh, I love Lisa. Oh, I love Johnny. And then at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, they and there's Bobby. And Bobby is now blackout drunk on the couch, but he's still functioning. And he's pissed because he liked Lisa. And now she's hooking up with Johnny. And that's when it would get good. Like, that's when you go, hey, man, stay away from my girl. And be like, you know, what? What are you talking about, bro? And, of course, then, like, it's got to be like they're all on, like, massive amounts of creatine. So now it's like this, this like, alpha male. It's like the, it's like the big horn sheep in the wilderness who are just going to butt heads. But, like, if their BAC levels were 0.37, <laughs> and you get and it's just it's total manic chaos. And then they show like the one person who's like actually calm in the house, like making like a like a, a pizza in the stove, and they're just watching this whole thing unfold. And it invariably ends with somebody taking like 
somebody else's bed frame and just wailing it out a window be sleep outside with the garbage you know and like <laughs> that that's when this show was awesome and now god forbid like oh no 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 i can't have that because people are going to get upset like they should get upset they're on the challenge that's the point let let them drink vodka straight out of the bottle for nine hours i don't care like it's not my problem if you go on that show, you know damn well you're signing up for that. Also, apparently, according to Lucas S. here, as we, we dive away from the challenge, apparently Russell Wilson has a significant or a potentially significant hamstring issue. Um, that feels, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what I'm thinking. Um, feels like they should have kept Drew Locke. <laughs> and speaking of Drew Locke, I'm heading to Mizzou's homecoming this weekend. So you, you're talking about this point three seven BAC. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious. You're gonna switch the numbers around. Uh, Where, uh, where, where you stay? You staying in a hotel like an adult? You crash with some kid in a in a a dorm room? Uh, we're we're doing a day trip. Somebody you have that's younger than you. We're doing a day trip now. Okay. We're we're now the spot. I'm not driving. Doesn't matter. I'm not driving. Come on. That's part of the deal. I'm not driving. I'd hope not. Um, so we'll see how it ends up going. If they end up at 10 below, uh, if you're a Mizzou person, uh, I'm so old now. I need one of those life alerts. You know, the, the thing where it goes, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. So if you see me at 10 below, give me one of those bad boys because I'll be the oldest guy in there by like 10 years. That, that's tough. That's tough. I, uh, it's always funny when you're not that person, but you're, you see that person, you're like, yeah, that's tough. I had a buddy who will remain nameless because sometimes he even listens to this. I know he, he, he'll occasionally partake in this, this podcast. He's a Broncos fan, though, so he might be in deep pain right now. And we can close it on this since we're like an hour and 20 right now. Uh, so his 21st birthday, we went to college together. He's a year and a half younger than me. Uh, but we, we worked together in, in college, and, and we, we became to this day great friends. Um, and we went out to this place called Old City Hall in Oswego, which was great. If you could buy a mug for five bucks, and they would fill that mug for fifty cents, and oh yeah, so if you had ten bucks, you had a good night. Okay, penny pitchers is the all-time best thing that's ever happened for a pitcher of beer. Pitcher, one penny. That's not bad. You can't beat that deal. We couldn't find that deal, but we, you kept the mug. So like you just you, once you had the mug, you had ten. If you had ten dollars in your pocket, you could get twenty Bud Lights. I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying that happened or didn't happen, but things happen. Give your bartenders, uh, Verderam. Listen, I knew most of the bartenders. I tip them later. I'd get back to them. Uh, now actually, yeah, no, the bartenders. It, yeah, we actually had to tip them well because God, they put up a lot of crap. But in any event, so. That night, Emery turns to me, he's like, let's go out, let's go out. I'm like, okay, so you know, I bought him his mug, and we had a, a group of friends, it wasn't just and I, it was a group of friends. And we're getting ready to leave, because it's, it's about to close down. Like, where's so-and-so? Like, oh, he, I think he's outside. He's outside. Now, now, granted, there was like a wraparound porch. It was cold as hell, man. It was pretty, I'm like, okay. And we go outside, and, and there's another group of people who we don't know who are, like, laughing but also mildly concerned. And like, oh, he's throwing up all over the place. Oh, God. And we go over there, and it's my buddy. And, like, he looks at me, and he's obviously in, in, in some discomfort. And he's like, I, I had a lot of white Russians tonight. 
Like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Like, man, it's just, just stuck with the Bud Light, man. Okay, Lebowski. I'm like, I'm like come on, man. Like, I, I don't know what I did. I don't know what happened. I tried to be an adult. <laughs> like, oh, God. Like, all right, time to get into a cab. Oh, um, God. Yeah, yeah, so don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Who ended up fine. He's, he's, uh, he's doing well. But, yeah, that was it. That was a funny guy. Um, so – uh, he's he's one of the least embarrassing stories. I have a friends of mine who turned twenty one, and, I, and I'm I'm right there with them. I, I my twenty first birthday was a sideshow. Um, all right, we've been here for an hour and twenty two minutes. If you are still here with us, God bless you. Uh, subscribe to the channel, uh, please. You know, give us a rating, give us a review, uh, give us a five star review and a rating on uh, iTunes if you can. It always helps. Really appreciate it as always. Uh, it's nice to see the chat. It feels like every week more and more people are in there talking, filling it up. Really appreciate all you guys. For Sterling Holmes, I am Matt Verderan. Thank you for listening and enjoy week seven of the NFL season. I cannot believe we're already at week seven. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.